Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. We're so glad you're joining us this morning. And so this is your opportunity, if you have questions from the sermon this morning, to text them in. So you'll see there's a phone number up on the screen. Just text in your questions, and we'll have an opportunity to answer them this morning. Good. Yeah. So I just, I know I say it probably every week, I just love the practicality of the (laughs) the book of James, Um, but very interesting topic to go through when thinking about who is wise and discernment in that. So, Do you agree that, do you think everybody wants to be wise? Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. I I assume so, but I've, uh, well, you know what it means when you assume, (laughs) and that has happened to me. I, I think that, I think wisdom is something that everybody would long to be, who... Maybe someone is content being a fool, um, but th- that's honestly, because I started that way, that's really what I wrestled with it. Is it in the heart of every person, every person want to be wise? I think so, but I could be wrong about that. I could definitely see that application when it comes to decision making. Like, I just want to be able to make a good choice, meaning right. that desire to make a wise choice sure. and to be able to... Um, lead their life in a way that reflects wisdom. I could see that. Yeah, and I th- and I hope this morning wisdom and choices were not distantly apart. That, right. that it's most clear to me when I think jealousy produces poor choices. Mm-hmm. Selfishness will cause me to, won't cause me to, will lead me to, uh, make poor choices. So uh, when I confess jealousy, when I confess selfishness, then I think I'm on the path to making good choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think as we go through this and we talk about what a life is marked by with righteousness, there's just this level of like peace and understanding yeah. the, the description that's given, which I think... M- I would assume that most everyone would desire to live at peace. To, yes, to live at not yeah. that your situations or circumstances are peaceful. Right. That's what struck me about this this text was how closely uh, living at peace and wisdom mm-hmm. were. As much uh, Romans says, as much as is possible with you, be at peace with all men. So, uh, peace with all men is not within the circle of our control, but much of it is within the circle of our our control. Uh, But some of it's out. You can't Mm -hmm. live at peace with everyone. And because Jesus actually, uh, though he was perfectly wise, he did not live at peace with all people. Some people were just committed to (laughs) pick a fight with him and Mm -hmm. could not make peace with him. But uh, wisdom and peace really do go together. That's why I think specifically in the church, I'm most leery, most cautious when I see a person who seems to be drawn to the device things that divide, and, and mm. they're always 
uh, as the text says, wrangling over words or debating this, debating that, that it actually brings division. And helpful to me from this text was division is reflective of choices and wisdom that is not from above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a good passage. <laughs> it's been a great passage. Um, a question here said, you touched on many points in the Beatitudes, meekness, yeah. pure in heart, peacemaker. Do you think Christian growth is stacked like levels like the Beatitudes, or is it more random in nature? That's a that's a good question. I think that um, he didn't say first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Mm-hmm. He only said first. Mm, that's true. And so I think it said first then and the list begins after the first and that is why i think what james is specifically emphasizing here is mm. the purity of heart is the non-negotiable first i can try to do all of those other things but i'll never be wise until my heart has been changed and made pure by christ i can try to be considerate i can try to pursue peace i will i can manufacture counterfeit some of the other things but they will never be uh, what god intended them to be until this heart has been cha- changed and made pure Otherwise, still at the seat of even the most considerate person is selfishness and jealousy, the demonic. And I choose that one because that's the one that kind of gets our attention. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's earthly. Yes, it's natural. But I have to make uh, come to grips with it's demonic. And that's where what jealousy and selfishness flow from. So, no, I don't think it's random. I think the first matters after that. I don't, he doesn't seem to define this, then this, then this, then this, just a this and then. And there's a a number of things after the then. But Mm -hmm. the pure in heart is the one that really matters. That's the starting line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be born again. Um, next question here. It says in the Bible that God is jealous. Is there a jealousy that is not sinful? Huh. Yeah. Uh, a jealousy that is not sinful. God is jealous for his glory and for his fame. So we need to make sure that he's not just randomly jealous about mm. all things. The scripture says he is jealous for his name, for his fame, for his glory. That's what he's jealous for. And uh, uh, the and he's jealous for those things that he rightly deserves. When I'm jealous, I'm jealous for things that I want <laughs> and I think I deserve. That's why my my pride justifies my jealousy because I think I deserve it and I'm not getting it. You have it. I don't have it. I'm jealous. Been there. <laughs> Me too. So... <laughs> Uh, God is never sinfully jealous because he rightly deserves all that he says he's jealous for. Hmm. And I am often sinfully jealous because I think arrogantly that I I rightly deserve everything I'm jealous for. Is that distinction clear enough? Okay. That's clear. (laughs) 
All right. Well, then no more words necessary. <laughs> Got it. Um, where is the line between self-care and being selfish? Mm. The principle. My kids always loved when I would say the principle here. Dad, dad, dad <laughs> why does there always have to be a principle? Because... Uh, I could say something and it could be misapplied in a, so I always have to think what's the principle that could be timelessly applied. Mm. So I think to Philippians two, what I read in the text, I think this is um, Philippians two, three and four. It was helpful for me when I actually read this whole text number of years ago and stopped misquoting it because I would say um, do not merely uh, oh no I would say uh, but with humility of mind consider or regard one another as more important than yourselves not continuing, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. So the also tells me it is not wrong to consider your interest. Hmm. It's wrong to only consider your interest. Uh, that's, and I'm not trying to make uh, holiness manageable here. But that's uh, helpful biblical balance, if you mm -hmm. will, to go. I'm considering uh, so in marriage, because I think that's where we we most often end up in this. Am I looking out? What's it mean for always to consider Jackie's interest? Well, it's never that. It's not that I never consider my interest, it's that I don't consider mine only. Mm -hmm. So I consider mine and I consider hers. Have this attitude that was in Christ Jesus also. So the the line between self-help, uh, that was the word self-care, self self-care and selfishness is, are you only thinking of your own interest? If your self-care is that which you're only considering, then you need to have a new attitude, the attitude that was in Christ Jesus, who did not merely consider his own interest only, but also the interest of others. So practically speaking, when I look out for what I'm interested in, how is that impacting others? I need mm -hmm. to consider that question. If that is negatively impacting others, then I need to reconsider about my considering my interest only. So I think that is the principle. There is space, biblical, godly, righteous space for considering your interest. There is no biblical space for considering your interest only. Hmm. I think it's a good distinction. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm not sure I always made when it was just always considered, always, always considers. And it says do consider us. But there's room for considering yourself. Sorry, I interrupted. Mm -hmm. well, no, just looking at the text, like, but also, I yes, just realizing how many times I've probably run past that 
and just assuming it was. It's also also consider that just always, but also, in other words, along with your interests. So in marriage, uh, it's not wrong to consider your interest. It's wrong to consider your interest only Mm -hmm. at work. It's not wrong to consider your interest. It's wrong to consider your interest only. How are my interests impacting the interest of others? And that kind of writes me to be not self-centered selfishness, but not uh, not uh, robbing any space for considering your interest. I, I was thinking about a, a missionary in my past who was sitting, uh, serving in a portion of the world that was so demanding, required such sacrifice. Uh, that there was no acknowledging there was he had need he had need for community he had mm-hmm. need for rest he was so overwhelmed with the need that he thought it was ungodly to rest he thought it was ungodly to take time and go experience community he didn't have patience to to for a team to join him and in Pouring him, there was this mindset of, uh, no, I'm going to pour myself out. No, I'm going to pour myself out with no regard for God-given needs. And he did, and he didn't last. Hmm. And he almost lost his faith in God Mm -hmm. in the process. But it was not God who failed him. It was his misapplication of thinking that there was no room for acknowledging there are interest in God-given needs. So I can feel badly at times. Is it okay for me to, to say to a person, no, I, I need to meet, and to go, no? This is my day off. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to say that? Yes, you're allowed to say that. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and if I ever, uh, on a situation, there's a decision we need to make, if I ever reach out to you in a day off, I almost always lead with, I apologize for uh, burdening you or bringing this up on a day off, because a day off is not selfish. A day off is actually what the Lord intended. And so um, I think we can take this I think we can take selfishness and make it more than what it is. It's not always selfish if I'm looking out for my interest. Because rest can then replenish you to then be able to serve stronger or longer, depending on... Yes. I need rest of body. I need rest of mind. I need rest of my own spirit. I need to have times where there community is being, I'm experiencing community, not just always giving Mm -hmm. community, but that I'm experiencing community. And I don't think that's selfish. Well, I'm certain that's not selfish. Those are things that God made us uh, to experience. And so we're actually being irresponsible, uh, even ungodly, when we don't give space for the things that God told us to give space for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Rest is a good thing. Yeah. It is. This is a good thing. Um, Question for your experience. So question for Doug. Do you have an example of when you've had to pursue peace? Yes. (laughs) Um, 
some things, and this this may be my son because he's always going, give me a personal example, Dad. <laughs> some things I can't always give an example because they're – pretty personal and they involve other people that may be sure. watching, may be listening. So if you give me some grace here, I'm trying to think of an example that I won't feel like I'm hanging out other people's dirty laundry. Sure. Um, where I've had to make, uh, read the question again. Uh, do you have an example of when you've had to pursue peace? Pursue peace. Yeah, I've had to pursue peace in a situation where um, I wasn't going to rehash a conversation. Mm -hmm. I was simply going to say, here is present reality. I want peace. Um, I've had to pursue peace uh, recently in a situation where my pride wanted to justify my rights Mm. And my rights were being violated, and it was making me mad that justice was not being served. And I simply had to acknowledge that peace was more important than my rights. Um, that was very recent. Again, I'm not naming some of the specifics sure. here for honoring other people's situation, but uh, that was a very specific situation. If I just had to go, stop demanding your rights, stop demanding, because it was beyond preference. It was my right. Mm. Uh, so sometimes I have to uh, deny preference to pursue peace. You know, I have to. I do that. Jackie and I do that all the time for one another. We uh, give preference to the other in pursuing peace. Otherwise, because if we always demanded our preference, whether it came from where we were going to eat or what color we were going to paint something or how we were going to redo something, we'd always be at odds. And so you just defer mm -hmm. in pursuing peace in marriage. Uh, in other situations, it's harder because it's not a preference, it's a right. But uh, So I had to lay down my right to pursue peace. Uh, another time, not, just, not justifying uh, past actions, just moving on and... Uh, saying, no, I want peace now. Mm -hmm. So those are three specifics without the nitty-gritty details that I can think of specifically. If the person's unhappy with those examples, they can say, I'm unhappy, try again. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... I'm trying to pursue peace with them. <laughs> yeah, no, good job. <laughs> good job. Um, yeah, that can be... Tricky, regardless if it's in a family dynamic, a work dynamic, or wherever that is, especially in the situations where you continue to see people. And that's what came to mind when I thought about that, like in an old work environment where right. it's like, okay, I can either continue to bring this up as a problem or I can let this go because Just it was a personal go. preference, you know, because it wasn't an illegal issue or something, mm -hmm. you know, it was a personal preference on how things yeah. were handled or done. Maybe there'll be an opportunity for a conversation later, 
But if I continue to harp on this, it's only going to create division and strife. So it'll create a difficult environment that wasn't necessary. Here's another real example without the nitty gritty. Sinned against, not um, forgiveness, not sought, Hmm. but uh, let it go in the sense of don't hold against in in order to pursue peace. I can go way back in my life and think about that situation and go, uh, I could demand, I could say, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to withhold forgiveness until forgiveness is sought. But I can grant, I can have a forgiving heart, even if it's not been asked for, I can have a forgiving heart, let the offense go and pursue peace. That's That's a good example. Yeah, Paint, hard example. Very hard. Hard, because again, that's that that it's much harder when I move beyond my preference into my rights and when I've been wronged. That's when it's a lot harder. Yes, that's yeah. I feel like that's when that reminder keeps coming up, and it can be. Yeah, and so you see Jesus pursuing peace, mm-hmm. continuing to pursue peace on the cross. Uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Nobody had been going. Oh, nobody was at the foot of the cross crying out. I'm sorry, I was, we're wrong, please forgive us. He is granting a heart of forgiveness, pursuing peace, even in the midst of the offense. So we only have a few minutes left. Mm-hmm. I want to simply, uh, I want to make sure that those, that, that we didn't miss the point at the end of the service. Mm-hmm. When we feel the weight of the requirements of holiness in our life, it's so easy to diminish and just say, well, I'll just try and do my best instead of staying. No, the what we've been called to is holiness. And that song we sang, holiness is Christ in me. So uh, I want to just share again that in my own personal story, the lowest point in my life spiritually was the most critical point in my life spiritually mm-hmm. because it was when I came to the absolute end of myself, totally defeated, totally underwater, no oxygen left, that I found the Lord to be all that he promised to be. And so we never like coming to the end of ourselves. We never like that overwhelmed feeling, but uh, we don't have to end there. I hope what you heard was the sufficiency of Christ, that we are partakers of the divine nature and we have all that we need through the indwelling Holy Spirit for life and for godliness. So every command has a promise embedded in it. And that is powerful. Yeah. It's really powerful. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate your questions and hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.